What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. Back together, me and Brain. It's been a month because we record usually multiple episodes in a weekend. He's in Fort Worth. I'm in College Station. So for y'all, it's, it's for y'all. It's just one week. For us, it's a month. So back together. Check out the Brothers Reborn merch. Brain don't got it on. This is a hoodie we got. Kind of we haven't posted on Instagram or website yet, but. The merch is out, baby. Yeah, it the looks it looks good. I was, it's fire. I was very like and very comfy too. You know, we're salesmen right now. But most comfy. comfortable tee. You're gonna see a flash sale. Most comfortable hoodie you have you will ever wear. Ain't a lie. Ain't a lie. Fifty two percent cotton, forty eight percent polyester. Actually, the reverse. Regardless, it's super soft. Even hood, bro. I don't know about you. The best part of the hoodies are the hood. You ever seen them hoodies that are just real? Mm-hmm. It's all about the hood, bro. You sure, can wear sure. you can wear a ball cap, hood on top of the ball cap. Mm. Dude, we got y'all. Thirty eight ninety nine. You can visit Southern Soul Designs. I'll put the link in the description if you want to go buy it right now. And we will soon be in that releasing our own website with our own. We got a couple more merch. This is one hoodie. We got another hoodie, and we got two shirts. So we got a whole collection coming out for y'all. We're looking out for y'all. But Southern Soul Designs is where it listed right now. But today, Brayden, what are we talking about today? We will be t- <laughs> <laughs> we will be talking about uh, why we came to Jesus and yeah. why others should come to Jesus. Correct. Correct. All right. So why did I, I was racking my brain for just a minute? I'm like, so sure. let me repeat what he just said. Why we had a comment. I put out a comment. A little sticker that said, "What do y'all want us to talk about?" And the first one was. What season of our life, or actually go on, go on the Instagram and read it while I have to summarize it. But it basically said, what season of your life or what caused you to then pursue God's presence or pursue the presence of God? So basically, we're not going to really give our testimonies here, but we're really going to kind of talk about the factors that led us to then pursue Jesus and realize we needed a Savior. Um, should be, it's on the, let me see it. I got you. So what it says is what season of your life brought you to God and when did you first feel the presence of God? Great question. Appreciate you who wrote it. I'm not going to shout you out because I know if you want to stay anonymous, we kept it anonymous, but we really appreciate all those questions. And we'll probably be doing that again because we want to hear what y'all want to, what y'all want to hear us talk about. So Brayden, I'll let you go first. What brought you and made you realize in what season of your life did you realize your need to seek out Jesus? Uh, So for me, it was, I was really in a place of discovering and I was just thinking like, um, discovering sounds such a, like a new age term. Yeah. Like you're just uh, seeking. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, so like a spiritual going through guy. my self discovery, whatever. And, uh, you know, I thought I was going into the, the deep mellowness and like a hippie hit very hippie like, mm-hmm. and I was, uh, just looking for answers basically. And, um, I asked, I asked God just to show me, um, your realness got it like it the one um you know show me who you are and so um i just started to 
view creation and to look and see that, um, you know, without, uh, really, I just came to the conclusion that creation is too intelligently designed, um, to not have a creator. And so I immediately thought, well, if, if God's real, then he has, I know he must have the best way that life is intentioned to be lived. Um, because he created me. Mm-hmm. So really it was, uh, and, and then I, like once I came to that, then I started to see God's realness. Like he would show himself through, through little things all the time. And, uh, I always looked for him and he was always showing himself to be real and to be real. Um, and, but it would be, it was, it was a long time after that, that I really felt God, um, and, his love af- like his love for me even though i knew he was there i knew he was real um it was less experiential until i got um more in depth of who he was and to how and how i'm supposed to come to him was there something that caused you and you don't got to go into detail but was yeah. there is there a certain thing or action or season specifically that spurred your seeking i, I i'm it's hard to pin down for me um, but it was like our group, my group of friends was looking for God and, um, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to, I'm not going to part, partly do anything. So if, if someone's going to like, if God's real, then I'm like going to go after it all the way and not, I'm not going to like put my foot in the water and like, Oh, is this good? Half in, half out. Yeah. You're going to pursue it and seek it out. And 100%. so, and like I, you know, when I first um, said like God, I'm gonna try to live this week just doing what you would like, and I lived that week, and like I was so excited because I was like, this is like this is the only way to go, like to have him on my mind, to have him on my heart, um, is uh, you know, and and I can't say what if I was. You know, because I accepted Jesus as my savior when I was little, but I so don't, you don't really know. I, was I don't I know saved or right, if I right. was saved and just didn't start living right. for Him. And so, um, I think it would be hard for me to understand the weight of my sin at the age that I accepted Jesus. Yeah. Um, but um, all that to say that uh, I know where I'm at now. <laughs> so we are born again <laughs> children of God up in here. That what yeah. you mean? Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, there's no, uh, no questions now. But uh, what would you say for for you? Yeah. Um. I think for me it was I grew up in the church. Grew up knowing. Now that me, I, I, me too. I I knew about God. I just didn't know Him. We knew the answers. We knew Jesus died for our sins. We knew the Bible was the Word of God. We didn't know it was the Word of God. It didn't have that. It was all head knowledge. and It was very limited head knowledge, but I grew up yeah, in the church, too. so did Brayden. And, man, just, just, I was baptized in the Catholic Church as a baby, baptized in the Baptist Church at 13, but then living that lifestyle it didn't like you can see there was no heart conversion for me. I don't know if I was saved at 13 when I got baptized. I'm I'm leaning towards no. I'm leaning towards I wasn't saved until February 2020 because 
I pursued, even at 13 years old, like you can just see, like that's why you see kids nowadays who are young and I have a new realization of when we need to start preaching to kids because at 13, I'm a, I mean, even back it up to a 12 years old, a sixth grader chasing satisfaction at sixth grade. You know, like we, like we have siblings and, and relatives who are in sixth grade and we think they're so precious, you know, but they also already have that sin nature and desire in their heart. So the gospel is like all ages is needed, but for me specifically, when did I start realizing I needed the gospel is after I was from 13 to 20, just chasing satisfaction everywhere I could find it, but never really fully, fully being satisfied until that satisfaction in, in a sense kind of bit me back, you know, I'm pursuing this party lifestyle and then, you know, it's all good. It's all good. It's all fun. It's all pleasing. Everybody, everybody's having a good time. Then it bites you back. You have a bad experience doing something. You have a, you have a, I mean, let's just, what happens when you drink too much? You throw up. When you drink too much alcohol, you throw up, right? That's like these natural occurrences of of pursuing this party lifestyle and then realizing that like my, like I could, there's like, there's repercussions to doing bad things, you know? And it also, all this sin seemed really, 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 really fun. Sin is so much fun, guys. But the thing is, is it's temporary fun. And the sin became from fun to then, okay, it's not really that fun anymore. Okay, yeah. it's a little bit less. Okay, now it's an addiction. Okay, now now I'm reminiscing about how the sin used to be fun. And I have that preconceived idea of how it used to be fun. And I'm expecting that now about how I want it to be that fun right now but it's not that fun, but I keep doing it. Hope it was as fun as the first time I tried it. Um, but it never quite does it for me. So this realizing that this, what the Bible, that's what the Bible says. And I didn't even realize that the Bible says that this world is fleeting. It's temporary. It's perishable. Money is perishable. That John four, Jesus is the living water. Um, and he will give you, a spring of life, a spring of water that overflows out of your heart. And he is an inexhaustible fool. I don't want to, you know, attribute Jesus to, I'm only following him for satisfaction. But that is a specific attribute or season of life that caused me to be interested in Jesus was nothing was... Like there's a bottom, my heart was a bottomless pit and nothing would fill it. Oh yeah, out. I started to, to experience the same thing that like nothing was satisfy. And even though I think that here's the thing that it's like, do we give up and we die to ourselves um, to give our life to Jesus? And it's like, that doesn't sound that satisfying, but it's like in actuality, the most satisfying thing in the world and I think a lot of people come to this conclusion without Christ. I was about to say that. It's to do things for others. It's to pour themselves out for others. And the the truth is, though, to get to pour your life out and, and die to yourself and give it to Jesus is absolutely the most satisfying thing um, in the whole, I mean, of anything that you can do. I mean, what, what do people love the grind? How many people say like the, the joy in life is found in the grind? All hoopers say that I love the grind. That is a biblical theme without putting Jesus' name on it. That's what people, there's so many biblical themes in the world that they claim to be these wizards 
of wisdom, these wisdom gurus, financial gurus, life gurus that are stealing biblical themes that the Bible actually teaches without putting the gospel or Jesus' name on it. So, yes, you're right. Serving another person does is satisfying. But it's satisfying until you die, and then there's nothing after you die. So that message on its own is also meaningless because that me- that only gives you life for your 55 years on earth. Mm-hmm. But without the gospel, or with the gospel, I should say, you now have joy in serving others like this wisdom guru say but you also have that times a million because you're in the presence of god for all of eternity after you die and you're in heaven that's the goal not just cool wisdom and you know life messages that people take from the bible is that kind of that's kind of what you're getting to right right and i guess um and what I, i so when i say also chasing satisfaction that is ever so much tied to not just partying in these big like things that people Mm. think we're talking about it's to the little stuff like basketball basketball was such an idol for me because i wanted the satisfaction of scoring 30 points i wanted the satisfaction of having the having the smile of somebody or making someone laugh that Mm -hmm. I really, really idolized being the cool kid in school or that one girl, like this satisfaction idea isn't just for the people who are drug addicts or people who are like, so to so down bad, but and I'm the same way. So like I, um, originally, and this is okay. Like, like for most people, um, that come to God, it's because they are not satisfied in their life. And what they have to do is you have to lay your understanding down of satisfaction to God because your th- original thinking is that satisfaction comes whenever I get what I want. Whenever satisfaction is the opposite, whenever you get to lay your life down um, for the sake of others, for if you get to lay your life down for Christ, that is the most satisfied that you can be like uh, John Piper says, um, God is most satisfied with us when we are most satisfied with him. And um, it's, com- it's just so, uh, you know, you're shifting your view of, of how you think you'll be satisfied. Um, and that worldly satisfaction, which isn't satisfaction at all, is going to be very short term and, it's very fleeting. So the question comes in, Brayden, is, okay, Brayden Cole, this lifestyle you speak of, you know, you say you're not satisfied. It seems so negative, so sad, like so in despair. Like, I love my life. What if you're saying that right now? I love my life. I go to work, nine to five, come home, love my wife, love my kids. You're not married yet. You're in college. I love playing NCAA football 14. I do me. Life is good, right? That is also valid, but that also does not change the fact that you're a sinner because when you look at the Bible as a whole and what it says, it says that the Ten Commandments, we have all fallen short of the perfect standard that God has laid out for us, right? So whether you feel that satisfaction, and me and Brayden, 
only know that we are not we weren't we were so depraved of satisfaction now is because we have tasted the goodness that yes. Jesus has offered us. We have tasted the water from the living water. So now we have tasted that and we're like that was that was empty. That was fleeting, right? But it comes from the realization of who Jesus is. So we spoke of why we began to pursue Jesus in the Bible, right? Yeah. Those first two. But th this kind of ties into the next topic of why you should take a serious look at the Bible and the gospel message is because regardless of your emotions and your feelings, if you look at the gospel message, you're a sinner. Your sin separates you from God. You now cannot, in, you can now not through a series of works then earn back your righteousness that your sin takes away that you have to look to something outside of you, which is why Jesus came to the cross. He died on the cross for your sins and took the place of your, he, God's wrath punished him instead of you because your sin merits death. Jesus resurrected three days later, beating sin and death. So now only thing it takes is for us to place our faith in Jesus and who he is, what he did and what he came to do and what that means for us now, that that is what saves us. If you look at the gospel message, unbiasedly no preconceived ideas no preconceived emotions which is hard to do it's almost impossible to do it is it unanimously and universally applies to every single person and individual who has ever walked the face of the earth you need the gospel even if you are sitting and playing watching this and you don't feel your life is good that doesn't change the fact that you're a sinner and your sin merits you death 100% so you need to understand that and if it for me and Braden, if our way of seeking the gospel was spurred by a satisfaction issue me was spurred by the satisfaction idea cool that's how it was for me if for you it's a, 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 a logic based for somebody else it was a father issue they didn't have a father jesus is a father or god the father is a father right for each person there are different aspects of the gospel that appeal it doesn't matter the gospel is the gospel and you need it because you're a sinner and every human being that has ever been is a sinner. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think that you hit on the head with the fact that, you know, until you taste, um, until you taste of the goodness of God, then um, you really won't under understand sometimes just how how empty your life is. You know, I, I look back a lot on my life before Jesus, um, in a not like not in a condemnation type of way but to be like man like I was so empty and I want to remember that because I want to have that passion uh, for the people that I witness to that I speak to about Jesus um, because of how lost I was and and how much it hurt um, and how I just I had no idea that uh, there was a that Jesus actually cared for me. Jesus actually loved me. Had I heard of it? Sure. I'd heard people say it. I heard this, but it's the difference between hearing it and stepping into that realization, um, that will just bring you, uh, to a completely new place. Um, here, here's the, here's the deal. I know we're talking to mainly Christians here. Me and Bray were talking about who our audience is earlier. M majority of the people who are listening, to this is a Christian podcast. are going to be Christian. But here's the deal, guys. If you are a Christian, this is affirming and encouraging to you. If you're not a Christian, this is for you. Yeah. But Jesus 
in his immense love came and died for you out of love he came and on the, his last words on the cross when the people he came to save he came and was working miracles was turning water into wine was multiplying bread and healing people healing lepers healing uh, lame people blind people he was here to save the people he's the messiah and we killed him and then the last thing he said on the cross was forgive them for they know not what they are doing jesus being perfect when he was on the cross being slaughtered for us in a moment where he had the rights, he's God, had the right to at any moment call down a million angels and kill everybody because he's God, humbled himself, Philippians 2, and became obedient. Yeah, became a bondservant. Became a bondservant and died for us. And when you look at this love story, we look at, we talked to a guy the other day at Outreach. He's like, I, I, I can't get on board with world religion. I'm like, yes, we're a religion. We're naive to say we're not. Christianity is a religion. Who is the religion about? Religion is about Jesus. Anybody, this is a challenge, anybody who looks at Jesus for who he is and the way the gospel describes him, the Bible speaks of him, it's it's unblemished. It, it's un, it's it's not contradicting. It is. It will tell the story and... For in its purest form, which is the gospel, and every person, and me and Braden, hunger for y'all to see this and to know this, because not because we sit up here and do a podcast. Hey, like we just enjoy talking. It's what we do for fun. You know, I, I'm a video guy. I enjoyed. The goal is for people to know Jesus, because eternity is a long time. We in Braden were going to hell before we accepted Jesus because we were sinners. But Jesus saved us. He saved us from what? Jesus saved us. all these Christians out there in the world. Philippians 4.13 in your bio. John 3.16 in your bio. What do these mean? Jesus saved you. Yes, you are saved. Yes, you are. From what? You are redeemed from your brokenness, your death, from the destination to where you were going, which was eternal punishment and separation from God. And he did all this by sacrificing himself and God pouring out his wrath on his son and then being satisfied in that. Like this whole message, my point is to show yeah. that it's bigger than a world religion. It's bigger yeah. than a cult. It's bigger than your emotions. Hey, I'm that person just chilling. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than us. And, and one thing I would say to people that, um, that I say to people that aren't, walking with God is, um, you know, it's like, why would I do this? Well, why not? Why not seek this? Why not? If it's true, if my, um, religion is true, um, if my relationship with Jesus is true, then the truth is that I, like I will, you will be missing out big time and um you should at least try and and you know i have full confidence that if someone seeks god if someone seeks jesus i have full confidence that god is faithful to to bring them uh 
and to show himself to him. Um, you know, I, I, in my own life, I asked for God to show me if he was real. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that ask that question, but then God does it. And then they ask for it again and again and again and again and again. And there's a response. There's a response required, required for us once that once that question was answered and we step into the reality that um, God is real, then there's no more time for, you know, there's no more time for this questioning thing. You know, we have to step into start growing in maturity to see that, okay, God's real. Then I need to do something about this. And um, I don't need to, I need to lay down my life and give it all to him um, and step into that grace. The problem in it, the, Here's the deal. The problem is, is that I have a buddy, and praise God if he hears this. He probably won't hear this, but praise God if he does, because he's going to know I'm talking about him. But he says, I confront him. I'm like, bro, like you're not living for Jesus. Like you believe, and I know you're saved. I know he's saved, but you're not living for Jesus. You look like the rest of the world, because we know the only way to be saved is to believe in the name of Jesus and what he did. That is what saves us. But then after that, you don't have to clean yourself up before you go to Jesus, but you, you by, by dang sure are going to pursue him and, and, and repent, right? Yeah. He's, he's not living for Jesus, and he goes, I know, I know. And he has this little, like, self-satisfying, like, I know I need to be better. No. Yeah, yes, you need to be better, but what are you saying? Don't, like, quit telling me that same old thing of excuse, like the... Like it's almost satisfying that his grace is enough. But then Romans 6, by no means you shall, shall you sin, go on sinning by no means. Romans 6, there is a call and there is a. The problem with that is, is that we need to understand uh, the gravity of the sins that we have done. So we can understand the gravity of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Uh, if we don't step into that, then we're not going to step into real grace because we won't see our wrongs. And then when we won't see, oh my goodness, look what, how much Jesus has done for us to, to wipe us away of all of, of all of that. And now stepping into that grace out of gratitude and out of love, um, not out of your works or anything that you do, you actually get to step into a place of why would I, you know, why would I want to sin again now that after all I've done, he still died for me and he still loved me and took all of that away. Um, so I think that a lot of times for, I think a big thing that for people that are, um, just continuing in a life of seeking their own desires, haven't re fully realized the weight of their sin and what they did to against God and for Jesus's death to be so much um because when you step into that love it's just it's unbelievable it's almost it's cool our deal extremes are never right and we jesus dying on the cross if you're living a life of lukewarmness jesus died on the cross you better pick it up he died for you now go he commanded you to repent and believe and do he, he commands it it's, this is god speaking so you do it but also like I like I'm a sinner. I just sinned, and I I'm beating myself up. God, like I'm sorry. Jesus died for you. He yeah. loves you. 
he sacrificed himself so you don't got to feel that guilt and shame anymore 100%. because he so this the it's amazing the the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and what it means the fact that not only that he did that for us and I love that means cuz it calls you out of complacency but also kills pride pride being in the every form of low high pride but I was at a revive night last night and he said it's kind of like these three facets of prayer first off you look up and you praise God you are good God you are holy God you are holy 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 Isaiah 6 Revelation all of Revelation um, you're a holy you're a good you're a king you should be feared praise all praises now the second facet of prayer is let let me look inward. God highlight areas of brokenness. God highlight areas where I'm not surrendering to you. God highlight areas where I need to repent, where I'm prideful. Like show me areas where I need to give over and lay at your feet. The third facet of prayer is now those two things. Now it elicits a response. Okay, now God, I know who you are. I know who I am. I'm you are my Lord. That dynamic and that relationship. Now, the response, which is to go, which is to repent, which is to obey, which is to do the Great Commission, go overseas. It can be specific. This is talking about abstract. We're talking the whole revive night was about missions, which you know, going to the nations about missionaries. Go to the. There's a, the Great Commission. Now go. Go to India. Go to, you know, it's easy for us to say in America, right? But the point being, who God is, then who I am, and that elicits a response of many different ways. Obedience, love, righteous. I'm just making up words now because I'm running out of analogies or similes, whatever the word is. But just, yeah, that's all I got. Me too. Okay, cool. You want to wrap us up? Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us on uh, the podcast. Come on, uh, Al. I thank you for uh, the support. Um, I just, you know, our hope is to glorify God. Um, and it's not what we do isn't for the people. It's for God. Um but the best thing for the people is for us to be doing it for God. Um, so we're, we're super, super thankful for the support that we've had. Um, and we really enjoy getting to do this and, uh, we want to be able to continue doing that. So every amount of support that, um, you give is, is so helpful to us. And, uh, we want to keep this thing going for a long time. Amen. Yeah. So thank you very much. Uh, God bless. Uh, stay safe. Stay safe. Come on now. That was good.